Hello and welcome back to FilmNerds.com. I'm your host, Matt Scalisi, and we are continuing our uh, podcast series uh, called The Guide to Zombies, where we're taking a look at the zombie genre with uh, zombie expert Sean Hode. And uh, welcome back to the podcast, Sean. Great. It's a great title to have. (laughs) Zombie expert. Zombie expert. I'll be the person uh, with the pipe that they'll turn to when the zombies actually attack. Excellent. Yeah, you'll be you'll be the last thing people see on their television feeds. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's gonna be like it's just logical. It's logical, <laughs> and I'll be rubbing my eye patch. <laughs> well, well, for our our sixth installment of this series, um, we're gonna be looking at uh, modern you know, contemporary fears, basically, and the way that the zombie genre is tapping into some of those today. Um, basically, every, you know, every effective horror movie ever, um, you know, works, on the one hand, a- as being, a, you know, sort of a good screenplay filled with tension and, and scary images and things, uh, but the really good ones seem to tap into something that's sort of a, maybe a societal type of fear, something that's sort of... Uh, especially poignant to the time that the film is released. Um, you know, we've seen, we've talked about in this series before how sort of, um, you know, the zombie films of, of the 50s and 60s touched on those kind of uh, underlying fears of, of uh, you know, the culture wars and basically the, the idea of, of uh, you know, African-Americans and minorities sort of expanding into the, the territory of the racist uh, white majority. Um, and, and, you know, obviously other horror films have have addressed things like uh, nuclear war and, uh, you know, other other sort of contemporary fears. But um, today the, the zombie genre has has put out some interesting films in the last 10 years that I think hit on kind of the the post 9-11 world. Um, obviously, Sean, it hasn't been a difficult decade to, to scare people when it comes to these <laughs> kind of things. Um, talk about some of those some of those sort of pressing fears that you think are on society today and then maybe uh the way that the zombie genre has hit on some of those yeah sure well what's great about uh about the aughts i guess they're called um is that uh we have many real you know things to be scared of and even though full-out nuclear war is a lot less likely than it was perhaps in the uh the mid-80s or so um the, the chance of a, of a nuclear attack, like somebody just setting off a bomb, seems a lot higher because they're in a lot of different hands, you know? So we've got we, – our, our fears are, are different. They're, like, more removed. We have a general sense of complacency. We go to the mall. We, you know, we go to school or whatever. We go to our jobs. And, and you know, things, things don't really seem that scary. It's not like during the, during the blitz of, uh, you know, of 1940 in, in, in Britain – where every night am I going to get bombed and killed tonight? You know, um, so what? What? So we turn to our our horror movies, uh, or our horror movies turn to us to give us this vicarious fear, um, but to remind us that there's still a lot to be scared of out there. And what it does is not really remind us so much like we had forgotten completely, 
but that it's you know sort of lurking under the you know, lurking under the surface there. Um, and when uh, when the first zombie movie came out, White Zombie in 1932, that was a time of uh, military interventionism in Haiti, and we were wondering what we were doing there. Haiti was this exotic place, and you know, and and how would the Haitians, uh, how would they fight back? You know, because eventually, you know, whatever subdued culture you have is uh, going to fight back. And and so here comes, ah, here comes the Haitian zombie. And uh, in the in the uh, in the fifties, of course, there was a fear of uh, you know nuclear war, nuclear fallout, um, and and fear of your fear of your neighbor, really, right? If you're uh, if you were you know, if there's nuclear war and you've got some some supplies, your neighbor will come knocking pretty soon with a gun, maybe, you know, um, and that. And so you have movies like The Zombies of Moritau, where there's actual, uh, you know, a contagion of the of the zombie disease. And, you know, you get in the 60s, like you said, you have the fears of of, you know, racial racial issues and things like that. And um, in the 70s. Uh, the fear that we're all becoming completely shallow consumers, and then in the '80s, the the buildup of the Reagan years, the the militarism. Um, so you have Day of the Dead, and then right, and then the '90s, we've got fear of biological war and terrorism. So what's really been huge step forward for the zombie genre has been this idea of mass contagion of an epidemic or a pandemic. And um, there's a lot of fear about that. And some people don't even realize that's what they're scared of when they get scared of the zombie menace. So, and now in the aughts, we, of course, have the, uh, all that put together. We have the, you know, the terrorists who can set off dirty bombs or set, you know, or set off biological weapons and things like that. And, and it all comes through in the, uh, all comes through in the, in the zombie, in the zombie genre. Yeah, Sean. I, I want obviously epidemic disease. We've we've seen that sort of that that's almost begun to serve as uh, the new explanation for the zombie apocalypse in the movies. You know, yeah, where, it's a virus, right? Instead of instead of having it, uh, you know, caused by radiation or or some sort of. Uh, I think there was actually isn't there sort of an alien type explanation in in uh, Night of the Living Dead? Actually, right, right. Actually, yeah. The probe comes back, and they never explicitly connect it. But which makes it even better. Um, but they, but they, um, they have a, a, a probe has returned from Venus and crashed, and apparently it's come with some sort of cosmic radiation, and that seems to that is that is concurrent with the with the dead rising, and so NASA is being consulted and all this stuff and uh, something something sort of extraterrestrial, uh, some sort of extraterrestrial really you know disease or radiation. Is making is making the dead rise, right? And then, of course, the best part is always that the dead rise and then make other people dead, and then they rise. Sure, and I think I think like you said that some part of what's changed with the genre is just sort of the the scientific explanation that they give it every time. But I think I think certainly the pseudo scientific explanation, right? Right, right. right. <laughs> well, but certainly, you know, I think I think you look at um, one that that pops into my mind is is Danny Boyle's 28 Days Later is is probably the the best example in the last uh, 10 years of the epidemic disease fear really being uh, taken advantage of uh, with a with a zombie movie and I think you've said you do consider that a zombie movie 
Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I think the the fact that the people aren't actually dead, uh, you know, that's that's sort of a. I mean, that I suppose that is part of the definition of a zombie with the rotting the rotting flesh and all that stuff. But if you have someone and you you take them and and you know we we talked last week about the uncanny. Yeah, even though the I mean the the afflicted in 28 days later and 28 weeks later are not technically they didn't die and come back um there it's it's like we talked about last week with the uncanny um it's you know it's your mother one day or one minute then the next minute it's this you know glassy-eyed homicidal maniac who's trying to infect you and and kill you um and it's not you know it's not your mother anymore and so Really, I think at the time when 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 some your best friend is bearing down on you, trying to to vomit bile into your mouth to turn you into this thing with no free will that's just trying to feed, um, the the ontological niceties of the situation are lost. Well, is this really a zombie that's attacking me, or right, is just right. a sick person? It's, it, it, I think it ceases uh, ceases to matter. But what happens is that we have no idea what sort of sick stuff our government or private groups or terrorist groups have come up with as far as infectious, uh, you know, infectious agents. And um, so that lets our fears run free. And what better way to let your fears run free than to make a horror movie, you know, or a science fiction movie? Because that has been the way since, you know, for the past hundred years that you're commenting on the times, but, oh, look, this is just entertainment. We're not really commenting on the times. And yet the unease that you have, um, to say the least, when you're watching, you know, Friday the 13th, and you're seeing you're seeing young people being punished for the new, uh, you know, sexual promiscuity, you know, uh, indirectly for that. But you see them being punished for that. Oh, that deals with our unease with that. And so when you see people getting infected and this is this pandemic suddenly sweeping, well, the country, but then the whole world, um, you you are you are seeing your fears realized about contagion i mean we're all so closely packed together we're the most closely packed together that we've been since you know since the the cities of the middle ages and we should remember that the black death uh affected mostly the really rich and the uh the poor city dwellers because that's where the highest population concentration was and so the fleas that carried it, you know, they, they, they got all those people out in the country, they were much less affected. And so once again, we have this incredible, incredible, uh, you know, concentration of populations, which is perfect for any kind of pandemic, but especially a zombie one. I think it's, I, I'm not sure if this is a conscious thing or if I'm just sort of reading into this, but I, I've noticed kind of in the more recent zombie films, especially the ones in the last 10 years, there's almost always a scene in a hospital uh, where yeah. things have gone really wrong, and I think that I think that might play into this this sort of fear of uh, kind of the the health system, which we all really lean on. If, if something like this were to break out, you'd think, well, let's go to the hospital. And I think if you look at Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead has a hospital scene. Right. Uh, Di- Diary of the Dead has a hospital scene, and also, you know, uh, 28 Days Later, like we mentioned, there's a there's a scene where the hospital is. At the beginning of the film, it's become completely abandoned yeah, and useless. Completely decimated, right? Yeah, um, it's it's interesting because a um, couple of things. Max Brooks, in his brilliant zombie survival guide, he said places that people would think to go when there's an emergency, right, would be either the hospital or the police station. And he said so in the case, you know, he completes it, he, he treats it 
wonderfully deadpan and serious through the whole thing. And he and he says those are the two places that you absolutely should not go in a zombie infestation because everybody's going to go there. Right. Some some uh, some percentage of those people are going to be infected, and they'll turn, and then everybody else will get infected. And so those are the worst places you can be. Um, now that's of course a work of fiction and, and fun and everything. But they they had a they had a poll and they asked health workers. Doctors, nurses, orderlies, you know, all kind of health workers. They said if there were a, like, like an Asian uh, or bird flu, not Asian, excuse me, avian, bird flu pandemic, what, would you go to work? Would you go to work at the hospital where you know there's going to be all these sick people? Uh, 73% of the people said no, they would not go to work. Oh, man, that's good to know. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> and so... <laughs> So these people, because when they go, I mean, the first people to get infected are going to be the doctors and the nurses and the cops. Well, not the first people, but the very next people to get infected. Right. And so um, that's another fear that we have. I mean, and there's there's something there's a there's a word for it. I don't know what it is. I should have looked it up, but I didn't realize we'd be talking about exactly this. But there there's um, this certain percentage of people who go to the hospital die of something that they picked up in the hospital. Oh, sure, yeah. And so now hospitals aren't really seen as, as, as these sort of health sanctuaries. They're seen as actually very dangerous places that you only go to if you have to. Yeah, um, I, I think it's... It, get, this might be getting off track a little bit, but I, I want to ask you this before the series is over, and I think this is the best opportunity. Um, you know, you mentioned the hospital and the police station turning out to be sort of logically not good places to go. I want to ask you as our resident zombie expert, and I'm sure you've, you've spent some amount of time thinking about this. What well, in 2009, if the zombie epidemic hits, Sean, where, where would you go? <laughs> okay. Where would I go? And I have actually devoted thought to this. Oh, I know. I've um, thought about it. <laughs> right. Everybody, you know, everybody uh, says, oh, we, we seek high ground and you and you, you know, you uh, try to find a place with lots of weapons and things like that, you know, or you, a lot of people say they go to Walmart because they've got weapons and things like that. But of course, everybody else is going to be thinking that same thing. Um, you know, oh, let's go to let's go to Walmart and, and, you know, soon all the canned food is is taken and, you know, and all the all the guns are gone and, and things like that. And uh and Walman, you know somebody who's infected will be in there, and then all hell's going to break loose. You know, I think the best thing to do in any kind of pandemic, epidemic situation, including zombie attacks, is um, to just try to have supplies and hole up in your in your home. Don't don't go out. Don't try to. Certainly, do not try to save anybody. Right. Don't you know. don't say we got it. My mom went to the grocery store today. We we've got to go get her. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, it. You know, and 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 and, and it's, it's true because it's it's a. It, I mean, it's a trope that is. Uh, it, it just seems to have a real ring of human truth to it. As as compassionate as we want to be, we're not doing anybody any favors by going out and getting infected ourselves. So the stories, uh, you know, oh, I'm, I'm a, yeah, right. Mom went out to the grocery store, or oh, my sister lives across town. I've got a. Uh, that's where they said there were a bunch of zombies. I better go over there and save her. She's probably number one already one of the zombies, or number and number two, you will probably be one of the zombies if you go over there. The best thing to do is if everybody just tried to save themselves, 
then a lot more people, I think, would would you know survive. <laughs> but you know what's That's funny about this? Yeah. I mean, what's funny about this though, or maybe not so funny, is that we're talking, uh, you know, because this is a podcast about zombie films and zombie stories and things like that. That um, that oh, this is what you do in a zombie invasion, haha, right? But actually, it's also excellent advice in any kind of emergency situation. Right, it's any not, of these any of these other things that we're talking about, these sort of modern fears, you can you can almost apply them one for one to to the zombie, you know, disaster scenario. Yeah, I mean it maps exactly. And that's why zombie films and stories are so effective and scary. Because they're exact they're exact um what, what do I say? They're they're exact like a one to one mapping of of actual things that that would happen, and so we can go, ooh, zombies are scary. But then if there's an actual pandemic, which one day there probably will be. I mean, there've been many before. Um, you've got you've got your uh, you've got your your survival plan right there. You should you should have food. You should have water. You should have you know um, entertainment so that you don't lose your mind. You know. Uh, go stir crazy and start killing people yourself and things like that. Um, you know, if there's if there's a, a riot going on, the safest place is in your house. Don't try to get away. Your car is much less safe than your house. Right. And uh, it's just it's just interesting because it comes up again and again in all of the zombie stories that, and this is what makes the stories stories, right? If somebody's had a zombie story and they just stayed in their house, that wouldn't be a very interesting story. Right. But. But you know, you have a zombie story where, like, uh, they did a nice job of this in uh, in uh, Cloverfield. You know, there's this the girl that I love. We just had a fight, and she's across town, and now the monster's attacking. I've got to go, just let her know that I love her. You know, even if it gets me gets me killed, I have to know that she's alive and tell her that I love her. Okay, well, that's a very human you know thing to do, but it's not the way to survive a monster attack. Right. In fact, it got both of them killed yeah. in the end yep, because it, of that. It did. I mean, they wouldn't have been in that helicopter in Central Park when the monster jumps up. They would have gotten the hell out of there. And um, so, so it works for that. I mean, I don't think we're really scared of monster invasions the way that back in the <laughs> back in the fifties we're like, well, shoot, are the are the Russians going to invade? Are we going to invade Russia? You know, there, there was a real fear of invasion and things <clears throat> like that. And it had only been you know ten years at the most since uh, since Hitler had you know basically had his way with the European continent. And uh, so these those those fears were really you know oh my gosh this big monster is gonna you know gonna come and come and get us and invade, but um, really now we're talking about the invaders are microscopic organisms, right. and you know we we've perverted nature in such a way that honestly if there was something that that was like zombies, it made pe- or or more or I guess I would say like the twenty eight days later sort of thing sure um, where. I get. I have a disease that makes me lose my free will and makes me incredibly aggressive. Uh, something that might be something that the army would like in a super soldier sort of way, right? Um, well, that's scary, you know. And that's something that I could. That if that happened, people would be horrified, but they wouldn't be completely surprised. In fact, when the SARS uh, epidemic was going on in like two thousand four, two thousand five, right? In, you, you remember that? You remember that? Sure. The severe acute respiratory disorder or, or syndrome. Well, people, there was a worldwide panic about that. Okay, people were fl- people were walking around with uh, those those masks, those, like doctors' masks on their faces. 
Um, people weren't allowed to fly like to the United States from Singapore. You know, I mean, it was it was complete. I mean, shut everything down because there's this there's this disease that's going to wipe us all out. Well, 774 people died of bird flu uh, of, of the uh, not bird flu, sorry, of the SARS. Which not that their lives aren't very important, but that's fewer than a thousand people. Right, that's definitely not a, a an epidemic. It wasn't out of control, yeah. Right, exactly. And yet the way it spread was so fast and unexpected that more than one commentator likened it to a zombie infestation. It's like, oh my gosh, I was exposed to this person. Now I have this. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna, anybody gets exposed to me is gonna get it. You know. So, so stay away and, and, you know, um, because you, you are, you are, you are become death as Oppenheimer would say, you know, um, it's, and it's incredibly, it's incredibly scary because it's incredibly relevant. Um, there will be definitely another, many more, you know, in human history pandemics, uh, but never have there been so many people. So we don't know how it's going to work out. And so I'm going to make something to scare the hell out of people, I'm going to make a movie about a pandemic. Well, okay, you have that movie Outbreak with uh, Dustin Hoffman and, and, and Rene um, Russo, which was a piece of crap. It really wasn't, <laughs> it really wasn't, it really wasn't scary. Well, you know? it's not as scary. I mean, it is scary in, in the real world outside of a movie theater to be catching yes. a disease that you die from. But certainly it's scarier in a movie theater when the disease is causing people to bite each other and right, right, (laughs) right, right. Exactly. One where I'm, I I get it and I get sick and I die. Oh, that, I mean, that's not fun. And that is scary in a way, but it's not as scary as the disease makes you attack the people that you love and trust the most and vice versa. So I'm going to make a movie about, um, I'm going to make a movie about pandemics. Well, shoot, I'm going for, I'm doing zombies. And this is what separates good horror movies, or great horror movies, if you will, from bad horror movies. Oftentimes, sequels. Um, not all the time. Not all, some sequels are good. But it's that you take whatever the... In the original, you have some sort of creative you know, impetus where you, you want to make a comment about something, what's going on in the world today, right? And you do it through horror. You do it through, um, wow, you know, my next door neighbor is a stranger to me. Okay, well, all right, you, you know, is, is the case in most people in the urban environment, right? Well, what if he's literally a stranger in that I know him so little, he's barely human, he's like a Michael Myers killer, you know? I know, I know people so little, they might as well be wearing masks and coming to kill me for no reason, right? So that's a way that in a horror movie you do that. But then when, you, you know, you make Halloween 17 right. and it's... Michael Myers has become this superhuman monster. Same thing with uh, Friday the 13th. You know, um, Jason Voorhees has become this superhuman monster. It's like, eh, you know, it's not really scary anymore because it's not making any particular comment uh, about anything. It's not, tap- it's not trying to tap into any, not even a fear. It's not even tapping into anything in the zeitgeist. I mean, the, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, um, Diary of the Dead, which I really like that movie, which is the fifth uh, Romero uh, zombie movie, much better than Land of the Dead. But um, anyway, be that as it may, um, Diary of the Dead, uh, you know, was tapping into the YouTube sort of generation and the YouTube phenomenon and, and, you know, Twittering and this instant information, instant messaging sort of thing, right? Which isn't really scary. I mean, YouTube isn't, 
you know, scary in that way, right? But what he did was he inserted zombies and said, and he used that to say, to illustrate the prevalence and the pervasiveness of this YouTube culture. You know, Facebook, YouTube sort of thing. And, um, and it, I think it worked really well. It, so, so it wasn't really even about a fear, but he put it in a fearful situation to comment, to comment on the phenomenon. Right, and it gets sort of grim more than more than scary. What because you get this this sort of uh, sense in the end of all these people who are somehow surviving this are just it, it, who, who are they even commenting to? Who are they? You know, it's yeah. a little bit like like in Dawn of the Dead. Who are they all dressing up for? You know, who are they trying to impress? That these kids are are sort of posting and editing their their movie to make it a little sharper. And you know, it's like who's who's going to watch this movie? Right, right. I mean, it's like if anybody uh, and, and I thought the not to give a spoiler to your readers, but they should maybe pause right now and go watch Diary of the Dead if they haven't seen it and um, then come back. Right. But uh, the <laughs> but uh, Diary of the Dead has one of the most effective endings where she's like, you know, where she's watching the video that someone's posted where they've tied that zombie up by her hair and they're just shooting at her and blow her blow her head off. And then there's just like the top of her head left. You know, you remember that? Right. Um, and they're like, what kind of people are are we people that should even survive? Because those are the the, the humans, the liver, living people, who are doing that to the zombies. Who are, yes, they're 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 you know they'll bite you and attack you and all stuff, but they are helpless. Really, they cannot choose to do otherwise. And we can choose to do otherwise, other than be cruel. But so many times we don't choose to do that. You know, we choose to let, let me find the most, you know, horrifying Facebook accident video that I can find, you know, or on break.com or whatever. And let me watch that and, and sort of, you know, vicariously take part in this in this actual person's tragedy. It's the, yeah, the zombie version of bum fights, sort of. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it and it's um, and I think uh, Romero, who's always been a keen social observer, you know. Um, just does a great job with that. And that, I think, is the future, if you will, a little bit of the zombie genre um, because there is just... we You never know. I, ten, 15 years ago, the, the Internet was just getting started. I mean, I mean, the Internet as we know it. You know, there was DARPAnet and everything. But the Internet as we know it was just getting started. Who knew that there would be this kind of... of I don't know, civilization, really, where we're all, you know, I'm catching up with people that I knew in third grade, literally, on Facebook. And and it's fun. It's incredibly fun and cool. But it's also, am I really making a connection there? Um, am, I, am I trying to relive the past, which is always a mistake? You know, I mean, the past is the past for a reason, right? Um, I mean, these are people, you know, I knew this, you know, these people in third grade i mean you know they've got you know families and mortgages and you know whatever uh now as do i and um uh is there any is there any relevance is there any relevance to people in diary of the dead who might be around to watch the security video of the zombie attack when the guy gets electrocuted supposedly in the bathtub but then comes back you know um is there going to be is there any relevance to them in the post in the post post zombocalyptic world, 
right? Um, it's, 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 it's interesting to think about, and like I've said all through the podcast, the best horror movies, and certainly the best zombie movies, make us think about these things. One more thing that, that I want to touch on before we go that, that sort of fits in with that, um, it, it's not exactly a fear, it's more like a, an anxiety, I would say, it, is uh, something that Shaun of the Dead addresses that I think is a very uh, contemporary idea. Uh, this, this sort of, you know, Shaun of the Dead, certainly we've said before, it works as a straight-up zombie movie, but there's mm-hmm. also the, the undertone going on there that, that the main character, Shaun, is, is sort of... Um, the the zombie apocalypse is sort of forcing him to understand what a what a waste of a human being he is. He's sort of he's that very typical Gen Xer that's not doing anything with his life. And I think it, I think it really hits with, um, you know, that crowd that that um, spaced there Edgar Wright and and uh, right. and they're you know th- those guys they're the TV Nick Frost and, and other right um, this sort of idea that. Um, you know, while he's also afraid of the zombie apocalypse, he he's also sort of facing this anxiety he has about growing up and having to, you know, get a job and take care of himself in the world. Right. I absolutely agree. I, uh, Shaun of the Dead is, you know, one of, I think, everybody's favorite movies. Um, but it's one of my favorite movies. And, and one of the things that they do so brilliantly in that is that um, Shaun and uh, his roommate, I can't remember his name, you know, Nick Frost and, and the rest of them are living as zombies while they're alive you know one of the jokes in the beginning of the movie is you see the feet you know walking strangely and you right. go, and it's and it's just sean yawning getting up in the morning you know right he's living this he's living this repetitive life you see you see the uh the the checkout girls just you know their eyes are glazed over they're doing the repetitive repetitive jobs and things like this again and again and and the people are zombies, and the actual zombie infestation is what wakes him up to life. When he takes his girlfriend, or he's going to take his girlfriend to the Winchester um, because he forgot to make the uh, the the reservations at the nice restaurant. Once again, we talk about Dante's level of hell, where people just are doomed to forever keep going and making the same choices and same mistakes they made through life. That's the zombie. Uh, you know, that's almost the definition of a zombie. And, and so in Shaun of the Dead, the fear is that we're all wasting – we have the greatest technology. We have more knowledge than any time in history. We have the ability to keep our health at the very best anybody could have, you know, in America I'm talking about, and, or, or, or Britain, you know the, the, you know, the first world. And we – and I'm talking about myself also. We waste it. We waste it. We are zombies in our own lives. And I definitely think that Shaun of the Dead, part of the, the part that wasn't scary because of the zombies, was scary because of how much that hits home, especially for this, uh, you know, it used to be Gen X, now it's the millennial generation, or whatever you want to call it, um, uh, how, how our lives are being frittered away with this constant American Idol, survivor, infotainment sort of, it's just, it's all just a waste of time. My wife, in fact, who, of course, is in charge, um, she um, will not allow me to get cable because she knows that I will enter complete zombiehood alpha waves sitting there watching the same, you, you know, watching a 30-hour marathon of, uh, of while you were 
excuse me, of while you were out. You know, I'll be sitting there completely wasting my time. And zombies, it's so obvious that, oh my God, look at them. They're just, they're just wandering around and they see something that they want. They go after it and then they forget about it and all this stuff. But that's also describing us, the living. And, and getting bitten by a zombie and turned into a technical zombie, the, 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 the great fear there is that, wow, you know, it's really not that different. Right. Yeah, excellent. I, I mean, I think that's, I think that's uh, not, not, as, not as sort of a mortal fear that we have today, but I think it definitely is something that we're all anxious about. And I think it's, it fits into our, our podcast theme here of contemporary fears. Well, sure, and it's yeah, and, and it's the anxiety, um, and that's why some people, uh, I I cannot uh, say that I haven't been in this group occasionally, hope for some sort of like a comet's going to hit or there's going to be a <laughs> zombocalypse because then we can rise to this challenge, you know, those of us who are alive, you know, can rise to this challenge and and fulfill the you know the hero's quest or whatever, um, and that's what uh, the character when we were talking about in Cloverfield. The character, he has a quest. He's, he's not now going to go off. The world has changed. He's not now going to go off to uh, France or wherever it was and, and, and get this great job and all this stuff. He's going to go find the woman he loves and save her. And if she's dead, know that and die with her. I mean, what could be more noble than that? These are the stories we read. These are the you know, these, these are experiences we have. I watched, uh, my wife and I went to see uh, Wicked last night. And, you know, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's in Oz, for God's sake, right? A completely unreal place. And yet, it's through that, it's through the realm of fantasy, and, you know, it's got witches, right? So if you want to say horror or whatever, that you can examine what is it to really be a friend? What is it to really be good or bad or wicked, you know? Um, and that's why you see people are like, man, I hope there's a zombocalypse, man, because then I can really show what I'm made of. <laughs> and I think the fear is that, uh, it, life is more like Shaun of the Dead without the Zombocalypse happening. It's like we'll just keep going on and just get older and our hair will get thinner and our kids will get older and then they'll do the same thing, which is like the ultimate horror, right? It's like, oh, Jimmy, do something with your life, you know? <laughs> Don't do what I did, you know? That's what every parent says, right? So it's it, it's that's, I think that's the anxiety and why a lot of people... Matt, right? You know people that are they're like openly, openly hoping for some sort of zombocalypse or something. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, you you hear it a lot more. Kind of, I, I think that's very much a a uh, a nerd thing. You know, in our in our film nerd community, and maybe right. maybe not people that love movies because I think we'd all be we'd all be disappointed that we don't get to see, you know, Spider-Man four before it comes out. But I, but I, think, there, <laughs> right. I think in the, in the geek community, there is a lot of that you, you see, you know, yeah, it's, it's about, it's about a lot of people I think don't feel like they don't have an opportunity to prove that they're great human beings because the way things are set up today, you know, it's, it's, it's giving advantages to people whose parents got advantages because their parents had advantages. And, you know, I think I think some people sort of wish that it all got brought back to to nature and we could yeah, we more, could get a clean start. Right, more primal, right? You know, right. and it's like and and then the people who do have advantages from their parents, what do they do with it? Oh, I'm going to have a nice car. Oh, I'm going to have a big house. It's at the end of it. It's you know, it's freaking J. Alfred Proofrock, man. 
you know, we're, we we roll get our trousers rolled and have our thinning hair and walked over stooped, and then that's it, you know. <laughs> um, so really, in some ways, uh, a zombocalypse or whatever could be the best thing that could happen to spice things up a little bit. But it's the same thing, though. Actually, though, we were talking about the horror movie genre, but I mean, when a girl a girlfriend takes her boyfriend, forces her boyfriend to go see uh, the Notebook, right? Um, and then she goes, why can't you love me like that? It's like, well, you know, get old and have Alzheimer's. I'll love you like that. You know, I mean, it's, it's, there's no way to win. There's no, you know, you want to have an exciting life. I had a dream the other night, literally, that I was part of the cast of the new Star Trek movie. And I got to meet Simon Pegg, who plays Scotty. And I'm, and I'm like, I'm like, what? This is pathetic. <laughs> In your wildest dreams, yeah. <laughs> I'm not Simon Pegg. I get to meet Simon Pegg. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, hoping so, hoping to have half of the world die in a zombocalypse so that your life can have more meaning is just—it's the same kind of pathetic, really. I guess. <laughs> well, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, thanks, thanks again, Sean, for joining us. And uh, in our next episode, which will be the last episode of this series, we will talk about zombies and religion. So definitely tune in for that. Thanks again, Sean. Ah, uh, thank you.